This is session number four on Ephesians 4, 1 to 6. I, therefore, because of all the great doctrine and because of my prayers for you in verses or in chapters 1 to 3, consider it uh, worth being a prisoner in the Lord, in connection with the Lord, in regard to the Lord, in the service of the Lord. I, therefore, a prisoner in the Lord, urge you to be totally changed, different kind of people. How? To walk, that is, live daily life worthily of the calling to which you have been called. And we talked about the act of the calling and the hope, the future of the calling and how both the way he called and the glory of the future that we have in Christ as our calling, if we saw these things, if we knew these things, if we treasured these things, embraced these things for what they really are, our walk would be worthy of them. Now, what does that mean? That's what we're going to focus on now. Father, please, we want to do what Paul called us here to do, walk, live, relate to our friends, our family, in a manner worthy or worthily of the great future we have, the calling that you've called us to and the way you called us. So teach us, I pray, what worthily means. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. The question, I think, is, does this connote that we finally become worth the calling, deserving of the calling? Is that what worthy means? Or is it just the other way around? Namely, that this calling is so valuable, it deserves a certain life from us. I think back, for example, on the President Nixon and the catastrophe of Watergate, in which there was so much lying and deceit in the presidency. And you could say, President Nixon walked unworthily of the presidency. What would you mean by that? You wouldn't mean that he didn't deserve the presidency so much as you would mean the presidency deserved better from him. Now, let's, let's see whether or not that is, in fact, what Paul means. Let's go to his use of the word in Philippians 1.27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel. Now, the gospel is free offer of forgiveness and salvation for faith alone. You you cannot be deserving of the gospel. That's contrary to the very meaning of the gospel. So worthy of the gospel can't mean deserving of the gospel. It means that the gospel deserves this from us, to walk in a manner that is suitable or fitting reflecting the worth of the gospel. Here it is again in Colossians 1. 
And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And again, just like gospel, Lord is such that you can't deserve the Lord. You can't be worth enough to measure up to belonging to the Lord. The Lord gives himself to us freely in the gospel. So worthy of the Lord means that the Lord is worth so much, it brings about this kind of life. Our life conforms to the worth of the Lord. You see that same meaning unmistakable in Matthew 3, 7 and 8 in the ministry of John the Baptist. When John the Baptist saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Now that's an interesting statement. Worthy of repentance. Which comes first? Well, the repentance comes first and then the fruit. So the fruit can't be deserving of the repentance because the repentance comes before the fruit. So what does worthy mean? Worthy of repentance doesn't mean that we measure up to finally getting some repentance. Rather, it means that if you have a heart that is turning from the worthlessness of this world to the infinite value of Jesus, then you will walk in a way that fits that. You will walk in a way that is worthy of fitting, appropriate to that beauty and value and greatness. So, back here. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to recognize in this act such a gift of grace, such a mighty, powerful, undeserved, costly act of saving you. And the effect of it being such a massively beautiful future that God will spend an eternity lavishing the grace of his kindness on you in Christ Jesus. If you, if you see the worth of how he did it and what he has called you to, then you will reflect in your walk the worth of this and the worth of this. It will be fitting. It will be worthy of this in that sense. Now, here's an interesting confirmation that Paul thinks that way about living the Christian life. He uses two other words different from the word axios, which is how we translate worthily here. We translate that as worthily. He uses two other words. This is so interesting, so helpful, I think. Sexual immorality, chapter 5, verse 3. Sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not, get rid of it, must not even be named among you as is proper, proper, prepe in Greek. You look it up in the dictionary, it means fitting, seemly, suitable, appropriate. 
It's fitting that sexual immorality and impurity and covetousness not even be named among believers. That we don't even like to extol it in any way with our lips, let alone do it with our bodies. That's fitting, that's seemly, that's suitable, that's appropriate. So there's a category of ethics in Paul, sometimes called axios or worthily, and sometimes called proper or fitting. We need to teach our kids this because when you're raising kids, there are many things you want them to do that you can discern are proper fitting, seemly, and suitable. They don't even have these categories. They just want to know because they're three years old, right or wrong, spank or no spank. So we got our work cut out for us over the years to introduce our families and our churches to these categories. Here's one more. Just continue reading. Verse 4, let there be no filthiness or foolish talk. Now there you got to some work to do with your kids. It's not just swearing that's the problem. It's not just four-letter words that's the problem. It's a whole way of talking, crude joking, which are, and then he, here's the translation, out of place. Now, there's the, there's the word. This, this word, aneken, and this word, prepe, and this word, axios, they're all in a category of fitting appropriate. Instead, let there be thanksgiving, which is always fitting and appropriate. So, the point here is, Paul is introducing chapters 4 through 6 with a way of living that is different than list-oriented. He gives lists. He tells you particular things you shouldn't do. But, He's trying to build into us a whole sense that in, in chapters 1 to 3, he built a great foundation in the way God saved us from eternity to the cross and is saving us and the future that he's given us and built on that foundation. Therefore, we now walk not according to lists mainly, but according to how valuable this is. This is why you have to be born again, why you have to be called out of deadness into life, because if this is boring to you, if this is meaningless to you, if this doesn't become the treasure of your life, this will not happen. Walking worthily of our calling means recognizing our calling's hope and our calling's act as so precious, so valuable, so undeserved, so all-satisfying that it produces a life that is suitable or fitting to that diamond, that gold, that silver, that future.